from the streets of Cincinnati. Welcome to the jungle. Oh yeah. So this guy, when we come in for practice, guy is always waiting with uh, some Jackpot Joey gear and. I like trucker hats, so I was like, man, can I get that hat? He's like, sure, man. And then he gave me some stuff from me and my mom. Uh, but, you know, got to represent my boy Joe, Jack Park Joey, I mean, no. What's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopel. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a West Side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of Jackpot Joey Burrow, who got mentioned on Good Morning Football today. I was shocked. I played at the beginning of the uh, intro here. T. Higgins was wearing the Jackpot Joey hat, and somebody asked him about it. And it made it to Good Morning Football. Now, this is a terrible recording, but I don't care. I'm excited that I made it. So just check this out. Okay, understandable there. Of course, he wore number five in college. He also noticed he had a number nine hat on for Joey Burrow, who he calls Jackpot Joey K. And we are big fans of nicknames on this program. Jackpot Joey, I like that. And if you're a fantasy owner... You may really like that, K. All right, I'm a little geeked out about that. That is cool. So if you guys are interested in buying any of the Jackpot Joey stuff, and remember portions of it go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Foundation, go to the Jackpot Joey 9 website, and you can order them there. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,368 subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every 
single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, do me a favor, and you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the bell for notification. Hit the bell for subscription. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube channel, we're doing Super Chats. So if you like to support what I'm doing, Give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it, and I'll pop it up there as fast as I can. Now, I'm coming to you live from the ice bar. Or excuse me, the ice cave. This is the ice bar. I'm in the ice cave. The ice cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys. Got a very special guest today. Another one of my favorites on here. Yesterday, I had Zim. Today we have, he's coming all the way from California. He actually came to Cincinnati and I actually got to meet the man in person. So I want to hear about all his trip. He got to go to the Bearcat game, which apparently me and him are sitting very close in the same section. Didn't even realize it. But anyway, he's from Cincy Jungle. He's from the Orange and Black Insider Podcast. Everybody knows him. It's Anthony Cazenza. What's going on, brother? You like that picture? Oh, I love that picture. I love that picture. Well, I was just—I was going to sit here and go, "Hey, I know you. You're the guy from the tailgate. We met at the tailgate." I caught you off guard with the picture. You did. I like it. I like it. Good to see you, man. What's going on? Yeah, it was cool, man. It, it was awesome meeting you and your brother and your nephew, and that was a blast. And I, I must say. Your brother has got the coolest mullet I've ever seen in my life. He's got the long curly hair and everything. He's rocking it. That it is badass. I, that, I can't. I had a mullet about two years ago, and mine was nowhere close close to that. So it's, it's very uh, McConaughey esque. You yes. know, it's, uh, it's very McConaughey esque. And and funny enough, on our plane flight to and from Cincinnati, he's reading McConaughey's book Green Lights. So uh, I'm like, oh, man, could, you, could you could you embrace the McConaughey anymore, Brandon? I can't even believe it. So, uh, we had a hell of a time, man. It was a it was a great weekend. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, uh, you said you went to the uh, the Bearcat um, uh, football game, and I think you and me were actually sitting in the same end zone. That's what I found out on Sunday. I didn't even realize that. But you you were in the uh, the not the student section, but the opposite end, right? Yeah, the opposite end zone. Uh, yeah. And you know, I, my my nephew is uh, kind of bouncing from uh, JV and varsity at his school for for football, and I think you know my my brother's trying to get him a little revved up on college and, you know, get, so we kind of walked around the school a little bit. We, I had never really been there. Uh, I had been to the medical campus, uh, part of that, but hadn't really been there. So we walked around a little bit, then we got in there early and got some, got some food, got some drinks and, uh, sat around for a while. It wasn't the, wasn't the greatest start for the Bearcats there, but, no. uh, <laughs> we were a little no, surprised you. about that. Uh, we were, we were saying, oh man, we might, we might bounce at halftime because this game's going to get out of control. But, um, you know, they, they made it, they kept it interesting, but uh, it was a fun experience. And then obviously the day after too was, was epic. So great. Yeah, that's awesome. The funny thing is about that's, that's my school. I went to, I went to the university of Cincinnati oh. and like, we're like, okay, you know where everybody's tailgating at, you know, or, or when you first walk in there and they had all those buildings and everything, you got a road going around it and all this nice grassy area. And when I was going to school there, it was a parking lot. Oh, <laughs> that's all okay. it was. Like it has okay. changed. So much in 24, 25 years, however long it's been since I went to school there. It's ridiculous. But the campus is way better, 10 times better than it was when I went there. And, yes, the Bearcats pulled it out. Yes, the Bearcats have a huge game this, actually, tomorrow versus Indiana. And I'm hoping they pull that one out. So, you you made it to UC, and then you made it to uh, Bengal Jim's tailgate. And uh, did you get to drink any of uh, Kenny's uh, day drinking lager? Ask you that. Yeah, I yes, I did. Um, I, I, I had one of those. Those were, uh, you know, I mean, when you hear a Keystone, you go, Oh, really? Um, but <laughs> I actually thought it was a lot tastier than a Keystone. I, I actually thought it was a pretty good little beer. Um, and that we tried to, we were like, Oh, how, how can we get these cans with us? And we, you know, <laughs> on a plane and stuff and that didn't really work out. So I may have to contact 16 lots or something to, you know. Oh yeah. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure Dell will uh, be happy to send you some. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. some right over there in a, corner above my by my tv here down here in the ice cave so the cans are epic i mean you got, oh, you got awesome. in front of them and yeah i mean for for a beer that he kind of you know touts as as a keystone light i thought it was i don't know i thought it was pretty tasty especially you know as you're getting going earlier in the day right you wanna, <laughs> well you it's like go right into double ipas or something right you it's like up. it's like 
it's like Kenny Anderson said, he said, you can't start, you can't drink all day until you, unless you get started in the morning. So, I mean, right. You, right. you gotta, you gotta start off slow and build up momentum, you know, and, and, and you, you can, right. Well, Anthony, we're professionals. We, we got this. We, we, we know how to handle this. <laughs> well, my body uh, was also on West coast time too. So yeah, like, I know. Sometimes it's like when you're talking about drinking a beer at 10 30, to me, it's like <laughs> rise and shine. Here's a beer for you. <laughs> Welcome to Ohio, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please. So hey, I know I, I texted you later on that night and you you went to the uh, OTR. How was that? Uh actually it was it, we kind of bounced around. We tried to go to the the banks after the game and everywhere was slammed there and then, you know, the places we maybe could get in, we you know, my nephew's 15 so they wouldn't let anyone under 21 in and right. So we went up to uh over the Rhine. I can't remember it was a kind of a pizza place. It looked like it was an FC Cincinnati kind of fan bar a little bit okay. it was an Italian place and we honestly because of the heat, because of just the emotional nature oh, of the game, yeah. and just you know, oh. still we were on a little bit of a time change. We honestly sat in this booth and just watched the, the late games and part of the night game uh, for honestly probably like two and a half hours, and just like yeah. chilled out, had had water, had some food, uh, maybe a couple adult beverages as well. But uh, you know, we just kind of chilled out, and yeah. then we made a late night stop at Jeff Ruby's, and uh, Adam Jones happened to be in there, Pac Man Jones. So we get out of here. No, he came That's up to cool. us. We were still wearing our, our gross gear from the game. And uh, he came up to us, man. And he was like, great game today. And talked to us for like, you know, half an hour or so. And just was was an awesome guy. Um, and he was there with his lovely wife. And um, yeah, so anyway, it was just really, really cool experience all around this weekend. And obviously meeting, getting to meet a lot of people that, you know, I interact with either on the podcast or Twitter or both. Uh, right. I didn't get to meet a lot of great pe other people that I wanted to, but, uh, you know, unfortunately just time and other game day gets crazy, man. You just oh, yeah. you lose track of time. You're like, Oh my God, we got to get to our seats. We got to, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's just, exactly what happens to me is, is I, I got to get there because I make, I make a trip. I have like a little pathway that I, that I do. I start at, at, at Longworth hall and I go to the jackpot Joey, uh, tailgate there. I start at 10. I should start at nine. And then I go down to the Bengals bomb squad. That's where, uh, Bengals captain and Hubei and, 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 uh, who yeah. baby and all of them are there, and then I end up at Jim's because I couldn't find right lot one. I, I couldn't find lot. I was actually looking for. I went to Jim's for a while, and then I was like, you know, I we were all sitting here saying, you know, I, I kind of want to go. You know, I want to meet Bengals captain. I want to meet Orangero. I want to meet all these people that should be around at this other one. I just couldn't find where that. We walked around for a bit, and uh, you know, obviously, yeah, I know, I know, you, you messaged me on Twitter, early. and I, I didn't even, I, dude, I didn't, you DM me on Twitter, I didn't even see it till after I, after I saw you that you were like, hey, where are you at? I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> and then I actually, I take back, I was in the game, and I said, I'm in uh, section 158. I'm like, you know what? He probably said that to me earlier in the day. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, dude, I agree with you. And when I saw you after the game, I was sitting there on the that little concrete wall or whatever. And you're like, what are you doing after this? I'm like, I'm going to go home and chill. Yeah. <laughs> I was wore out, dude. I, I literally, yeah. I went home, started watching more football and fell asleep. But I, like you said, that the heat, the emotion of the game and yeah, just being an older guy, kind of, it kind of <laughs> wore me out. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I think I need to start running or something, get a little more, uh, <laughs> get a little better in shape. You know, I always tell everybody rounds of shape, but yeah, sometimes you might have to be a little more, more in shape than, than round. That might help. Uh. <laughs> So, hey, uh, Josh is in here. I didn't even know this, but Josh is saying uh, congratulations to Quentin Spain. He missed practice for the birth of his child today. That's cool. I did not yeah. know that. Do you know if he had a boy or a girl? Or I don't because I, I didn't do it. not. But I, I had so I saw a tweet from Ben Baby of ESPN earlier in the day saying he didn't see Quentin Spain, which was kind of interesting and a little concerning, I guess. But then it kind of later came out that he was uh, Zach Taylor. I think told the media that. Uh, Quentin was missing because he was going to be there for the birth of his child. So congratulations. That's cool. Congratulations. Look yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. actually, I got to tell you, I saw him, which I, I think I might have told you this at the tailgate. I actually saw him and uh, Jackson Carmen at the uh, Bearcat game. Yeah. yeah. Did I tell you that? Okay. Yeah. My, my nephew ran up and said hey to him. So, uh, oh. yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to miss Jackson Carmen with that hair, man. He's oh, yeah. The, well, the, that's the, that's the way I knew who he was. Yeah. I saw yeah. the hair. I'm sitting next to my wife. I smacked her. I go, that's Jackson Carmen. She goes, who? I go, Jackson Carmen for the yeah. second round pick yeah. for the Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then I looked at, then they had some skinny dude with him. I don't know who he was. And then I looked at it's Q. I'm like, Q, what's up? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was, that was, that was kind of cool. Now I got to get this comment up too. Cause this was, this was on who day nation. We're talking about Kenny's uh, day drinking lager. 
And, you know, Kenny Anderson was 14, so did Andy Dalton. <laughs> you know, Kenny was first. But somebody said, why did they put Dalton on the pitcher on, on those cans? <laughs> so, uh, like, ah, yeah, I saw that comment in Who Day Day. I don't know if Dalton's a, a be on a beer can kind of guy. I don't, you know, <laughs> no, I don't, think I don't know. I don't know that he does that kind of stuff. But Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't even think he even drinks, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's get into uh, Andy Dalton and the Bears. What um, what's your thoughts rolling in, into the game? I mean, uh, is Andy Dalton going to make it through the whole game? Are they going to go through Justin Fields? The Bears' offensive line is, I think, is worse shaped than the Bengals. You know, what's your thoughts on all that? Andy Dalton, uh, you know, we were kind of when we were watching him because we were paying close attention to that that night game last week in that in that restaurant that I was telling you about, and lo and behold, Sunday night, man, not. Light shining bright on Andy and yep. not a great showing by him. Now, granted, the rest of the team, aside from his running back, didn't really come to play either. And the Rams look really, really good with Matthew Stafford. But, uh, you know, primetime Andy kind of kind of came to came to light again on Sunday night. I, you know, I say this a little tongue in cheek. I guess one of the best things that Andy Dalton has going for him this week is the fact that he plays a 1 p.m. Eastern game on Sunday afternoon <laughs> right. of a Monday night or something like that. You know, I, I think it's going to go one of two drastic ways. You know, Andy's going to show up and, and shut up all of his, all of the Bears fans and say, you know, this is still my job. Uh, Justin Fields is not going to take this job from me. Or it's going to be a long afternoon for him. And you may see uh, Fields start to get a little more run in terms of more snaps and all that kind of stuff. I do think regardless, I think we're going to see – based on what we saw Sunday night, you're going to see both quarterbacks taking snaps this week. So Luana Rumo is going to have to figure out some creative defenses to defend both styles of play there. The the dual kind of threat that Justin Fields possesses a bit and just what, you know, what they showed against the Rams there. But I think as you head into this, based on what we saw from the Bengals on Sunday, I feel like the Bengals defensive line versus the Bears offensive line, all of a sudden that becomes a real favorable Point. matchup for Cincinnati. Yeah, I think, mm -hmm. you know, the the interior of the defensive line, I, I know he didn't have the highest grade. I know DJ Reader had a higher PFF grade than, than Larry Ogunjobi did, but it felt like Larry Ogunjobi was in on every single play in which yeah. he had playing snaps. He was like unbelievable. So he played well. DJ Reader played well. Obviously, BJ Hill played well. Those guys. By the way, we we teams. stole BJ Hill. I've been saying that all week. Yeah. We flat stole him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I. Uh, you, then you've got uh, Hendrickson and and Hubbard on the edges there that hopefully give you something. You got Cam Sample that was making some nice. You know, he kind of got in there on a couple of plays there. So you know, I think that defensive line against that offensive line that's a little battered right now. Um, you know, that's a favorable matchup for the Bengals, particularly actually in the interior of the defensive line. I, I think that those guys are just wreaking havoc right now. Well, the thing is, too, is, is I think Trey Henderson might have a pretty good game because he's going against what? It's going to be their their third string tackle. I, th I think it is. Yeah, because I Peters is playing or at least he's, you know, he's kind of been limited this week, I think, with a quad issue. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, that that left tackle spot, he's. You know that that's a mess. That you know it's it. Their offensive line is just not that great right now. Um, you know they've got a lot of issues up up front there. All right, not not to bang on Billy Price, but since it's got put up there, Billy Price had a twenty-seven PFF grade last night in the uh, Giants game. So yeah, I mean, I think, I, you I know, honestly, I watched it. I, it won't be very nice, so I won't I won't say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wish Billy Price the best of luck. I mean, I do. I, I hope it works out for him. I mean, I have no ill will toward him, toward him right. but I mean, at the beginning of the game. I'm like, hey, maybe you know he's looking pretty good, halfway decent, and yeah, then he turned back into Billy Price. So you right. know, but I mean, BJ Hill and <laughs> and uh, uh, James Rapine is is the king of nicknames. I mean, he had Blandy Dalton. He tries, he goes with Money Mick for Evan McPherson. I like Evan Kickpherson better, but he came up for BJ Hill. Thrill, BJ Thrill is what he's starting to call okay. him now. Okay, and that, dude, the way he played, I, I'm I'm absolutely shocked <laughs> now again i'll say this take it with a grain of salt because first game and this is something that trent dilfer said uh that he got from steve young and it, it's kind of true with the way 
that they do training camp and stuff now, and it's nowhere close to what they used to do. The first four games are kind of the, kind of the preseason. Kind of they're not implementing everything. Guys aren't you know the way the first four games are right now isn't exactly the way those teams are going to play during the season. So BJ Hill had a really good game. Hopefully that translates to Sunday. Um, but either way, it's a hell of a debut. And speaking of debuts, Jamar Chase, who is the Pepsi Rookie of the Week, had a 50-yard bomb by, you know, Jackpot Joey Burrow. And that's the longest TD ever scored by a Bengals rookie in their debut. That's a pretty good debut, I think. The longest throw ever. Couldn't be happier for him. Couldn't be happier for, for Jamar Chase. Was absolutely dragged through the mud for weeks. And, you know, I I wasn't dragging him through the mud, but I was I, – I was, there was some concern on my part for him in terms of the drops that we were seeing. They just seemed to be so routine. And he was dropping these these easy passes in preseason games. And, and you saw some drops in practices, too, leading up to it. He had a bad practice after the, the game with, what, three drops – Right. All that. And, and, you know, I wasn't hitting the panic button per se, but I was I was a little worried. And then he goes out and he just has, you know, basically a Bengals rookie wide receiver record setting type of day. Right. I mean, it's just. Yeah. And by the way, that that ball I I saw on next gen stats, some of those came my way. I think that was the longest air traveled touchdown by Joe Burrow. The ball traveled the furthest in his career as well. So which I think there was about 38 yards of of air travel mm-hmm. uh, when, when Chase caught it. So, I mean, basically that's, that's Joe Burrow's, you know, best long bomb of his career. And yeah. so, you know, I, I couldn't be happier for him. It was good to see T Higgins get involved. I was really worried when both he and Mixon left the game. I think it was both cramps though. So, yeah. you know, I mean, hot. a little worried there, but you know, boy didn't, boy didn't have a huge impact, made a couple of catches, but you know, I mean, that's kind of, I think that how this thing's, how this thing's kind of going to go this year, Jeff, is that, you know, if we're going to see a more balanced attack, if we're going to see Joe Burrow hover around the 30, 35 dropbacks or pass attempt type of range, you're not necessarily going to have two, two 100 yard wide receivers or three 100 yard wide receivers. It may be one guy that just shines. One guy has a solid performance just because of the fact that Burrow's not going to throw the ball 40, 45, 50 times a game this year, at least not very often or at least not early on, it would seem, because they want Mixon involved. Yeah, and the blowback from that is, is unbelievable. Of how people are saying, what was it Seth from PFF said, you know, it's worse, Joe Burrow's worst game or whatever, and which is not true because his two worst games were against the Squealers and the Rappers last year. But this is what he did 20 of 27 for 261 and two TDs. I'll take that. I mean, every day I'll take because all we complained about last year was, oh, he's dropping back too much. He's dropping back too much. Well, now he didn't. And they're complaining, well, he didn't throw it enough. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> can't, can't make anybody happy. If it, No turnovers. Mm-hmm. They got a win. Made an insane clutch throw at the end of the game. I mean, I, if that's his worst game, I, <laughs> I, this is the thing. I love PFF, and I think it's a great barometer. It's a great gauge in terms of player performance and all of that. But it, sometimes they throw out those, you know, folks that work for PFF throw out these kind of things hot, hot you know, takes. These yeah and i i go that that was his worst game I, right like, I, I mean it'd be one thing if I, you would maybe have a little bit of an argument if the Bengals lost that game and lost right. it maybe handily and those were his stats i mean the ball hit the ground seven times he had a set you know over 70 percent completion percentage zero turnovers i don't i don't really understand that statement when that was put out there but yeah i, I that one and the thing is i didn't even it was i don't remember what was it Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember. Actually, it might have been earlier. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, somebody's asking me on, on the show here, and I'm like, I haven't seen it. And 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 I had a uh, back row Bengals on, and he looked it up and he read it. I'm like, you got to be kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> like now, this one thing. And I'll get back to to the defense. And I was kind of hoping, and I'll put this up. Where Mar- uh, Marvin said I wouldn't mind seeing Hodges uh, just in the mix in the rotation. And I was kind of surprised he only got like one snap. You know, I kind of yeah. th- I didn't think he was going to be a a Every down, third down guy, you know, I thought he might get, you know, well, maybe 10 snaps or so, but he only got one. So I was kind of, that was a little surprising to me, especially as banged up as we are on the edge. It was a little surprising. I think they really like Cam Sample mm-hmm. uh, as, as a situational guy. I think they really, I mean, they're going to give substantial snaps. You saw it to Hendrickson and Hubbard. 
mm-hmm. uh, until you know until they proved to not not be productive. And then they were able to get to keep those interior defensive linemen that were getting push. Ogan Joby, BJ Hill, they were able to keep those guys on the field and still have effectiveness there. So I guess it was just kind of like, well, you know, there's just not a situation where we were bringing in Hodge at this point in time. I right. think it's a nice, nice thing to have in your your tool belt. Uh, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals and, and Lou Anarumo, I assume we will see a larger amount of snaps going forward on defense for him. But it's it's hard. I mean, I I get it. But it's hard to complain given oh, yeah. the production of, of the defensive line overall. But I, I do think he'll get a, a few more defensive snaps going forward. But I do think that, you know, Sample is the guy that they they really want to use in, in situational type of role, uh, a situational type of role like that. Right. Right. Now, I put this on um, either on Twitter. And actually, I got it from LSU's Twitter. I want to give them credit. But the, the I'm sure you saw it, where they morphed together Joe Burrow's pass to, to Uno to the same oh, so cool. play he had at LSU. I mean, it's looked dead on the same thing. That was unbelievable. And that, that that's just – that's what I got so excited about when we drafted Jamar. And I'm like, this is what can happen to our offense. And this is why I think we can we can come close to averaging 30 points a game. If we do that, we're going to the playoffs, I think. I mean, and, and, the, and the way the defense is playing – and I said this, I think I said this last time you're on the show. I think the defense has a shot of being very opportunistic. I didn't expect to have that big of a push coming up the middle. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't had, I had such a busy week and I traveled all day Monday. Um, I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the play over and over and over again. I, I seem to remember that that cornerback who was guarding him was a little bit on an Island there. There wasn't a lot of safety help on that play. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, running the football can do for you now absolutely the ability or the appearance of the ability to run the football brings the defense up Mm -hmm. and allows for these more one-on-one plays now i I, again i have to go back and look at it to to kind of diagnose everything that happened there but i I think that's what was lacking last year in terms of the, the ability part of the equation in terms of the ability to throw the deep ball obviously protection was an issue and all of that but not being able to run the ball not committing to running the ball or bringing balance to the offense disallows a team to utilize play action disallows a team to be able to take these one-on-one shots downfield and as you saw there was what was really cool about that play with chase there was a period where and it was just kind of a little bit of a, a streak route up the sideline there there was a period where he and the corner were, were kind of together and then Chase hit another gear and he was, and and it was, it was, he got about three or four steps on him and it was lights out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I, I just, I, I'm hopeful. And I know it sounds weird to to say this, but I'm hopeful that the run game will actually be able to produce more plays like this going forward for the Bengals offense, because uh, you know, bringing, bringing balance keeps the defense on it, on a, on its heels for sure. Absolutely. And that's kind of what I, I said a lot last year when everybody was getting upset with, with Zach and throw the ball so much. And people ask me like, what do you think the offense is going to be like? And I said, I really do think Zach wants to have a more balanced offense. He wants to run the ball more now running as many times. He ran Joe Mixon. I, I you know, uh, uh, Rowdy every, every lap on here told me he would break. If he, he ran the ball that many times, that many carries every game, he would break the uh, all time season single season record by like 77 carries. I don't think Mixon's going to run it that many times, but I think the Bengals themselves as a team, are going to run run it at least that many times. I think I think P. Ron's going to get some more uh, touches, and I think uh, Chris Evans is going to get some more touches because we really didn't see them at all. And that's kind of goes back to my point where I'm saying it's kind of preseason sort of still. They're still uh, implementing things and stuff like that, and that that's where I think that we're at. But I got to tell you this: when they that touchdown happened, it came toward the end zone that I sit in, yeah, and I saw Chase on an island. I looked up at Dad. I said, "Chase is one on one." As soon as the ball is in the air, I'm going, got him, got him. I, mean, I knew it was good. By the time I, my eyes went there for the ball, he was gone. He was passing. Mm-hmm. So it, that was – and I know a lot of people around here talk about, what What were you thinking when the ball is in the air and everybody's like holding their breath? Oh, my goodness, is he going to catch it? I never I never doubted he was going to catch it. I was oh, just like, man. he's gone. He beat him by, I don't know, five steps at least. And, and so that that's the thing that's very exciting about the Bengals. And, again, with what you're saying – with the way this offense is running, you got to use the the run to create the pass. And we really didn't even get Tyler Boyd into the mix. T. Higgins was out with with cramps. So, I mean, we still have yet to really 
find out exactly what this offense can do. Like I said, Chris Evans barely got on the field. Piron barely got any touches. There's a lot more to this offense still, I think. I, I liked what you said about, you know, it's week one and they're maybe still kind of figuring some things out in week one. If you noticed, yeah, there are a lot of new faces and a lot of new contributors like Jamar Chase, um, I, you know, rookies and whatnot that were out there at camp sample. We talked about him, but you know, for, for the large majority of both sides of the ball, it was a lot of, we're going to play heavy snaps to known commodities at this point. Right. I mean, it's right. Henderson and Hubbard getting a lot of snaps. It's, it's DJ reader getting a lot of snaps on defense. It's the safeties getting a lot of snaps on defense. Von Bell, Jesse Bates, and even Ricardo Allen uh, got, got in there and Ricardo Allen to his credit played, played well. In the world oh, I was, he was right. a, a shock. I mean, yeah. as many, as many, and to be honest, I didn't realize at the game how many times he was on the field till afterwards. So, you know, we're, we're at the game, we're enjoying the game, and, and where I sit, it's a little hard to see the whole field, you know. But I didn't realize how many times they were they were running a, a three-safety uh, 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 package or whatever wow. with Carl Allen. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. I know we like to bang on – Lou Lou Armadillo, right, Jeff? Uh, <laughs> I, I've been calling him. I've been calling him Lou lately. I have. I have. I know. I know you've been quiet. Quiet on the yeah, Armadillo. Yeah, Here's the thing, though, man. I, I, and I've been real a real harsh critic of him the past. You know, in, in the for his first two years. Yeah. All of a sudden, you start to see B.J. Hill, a guy he knew from the Giants when it, in his time there. Ricardo Allen, a guy he knew from college. He, you bring in an Ogan Joby in that Geno Atkins type of role. Uh, all of a sudden, you kind of have these lose guys mm -hmm. and at least for week one this year guys that he was very familiar with veteran guys hill allen and others they played well for him and, and really, you know I, I guess you gotta you know tip the cap to lou a little oh, bit yeah. I'll, give, I'll give him credit i mean i i, I kind of said that i thought he was going to have a better defense this year because he has one he has guys that are bought in i mean he had let's be honest he had guys that weren't bought into what he was trying to do the last couple of years you know right and and he's got guys that are bought in and guys that that I think are more capable of doing what he wants to do. Now, getting back to the Ricardo Allen situation since he's on IR now, yeah. what do you think they're going to do? And they brought in Trent Irvin. I think that means Darius Phillips might get some more playing time so they can do run that three safety set. Or it's um, – uh, oh, geez, the other linebacker. Uh, not, um, uh, the, uh, Davis Gaither? Yes, thank you. Or he gets more playing time. What, where, where are you at on that? What, what do you think? So that's, that's a good question. And that's – we've been asked this a lot on our show too about like, you know, what's what's the plan here? There is one theory, like you said, where, you know, it's Darius Phillips' time on the outside, especially with some of the struggles we saw from Eli Apple. So they're going to give Phillips a shot. It sounds like Trey Waynes is getting closer to coming back, by the way. So he may be back by – by week three for the Steelers, which would be a, a real pleasant, you know, that would help. Real, real, yeah, that would be very helpful. Um, <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, but so you may have Phillips kind of rotate with Eli Apple. You may have Phillips take more snaps, and then you got Irwin kind of coming in for the punt returns. It could just be though, Irwin. They just want another an extra capable slot slot guy uh, mm -hmm. along with Tyler Boyd to you know you can you could utilize two slot guys there. Um, I don't really know, to be honest, I, I don't really know what to make of this. I, I think we may see a, a few more increased snaps of Darius Phillips on defense, but I, I still, it still seems like Lou is, is going to be committed to Eli Apple. So, I mean, as much as we commend Lou and the guys that he's familiar yeah. with, um, Apple is another guy that he was very familiar with and Apple didn't have a great game. I think he was in the mid forties for a PFF overall score on defense. So yikes there. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I, to be honest, I wish I had a good answer for you. I don't really know what this means with the Trent Irwin call up and, and, you know, what it means for Darius Phillips, et cetera. Yeah. That, that, and that's kind of where I'm at. I've kind of, he could go both ways. I don't, I, I personally, actually, I like both of them. I like Darius Phillips and I, and I like Akeem Davis Gaither, but I personally, I would like to see Phillips try to get some more playing time because he deserves it. He's done what they've asked him to do and he's an athletic guy and I, I think he could make some plays now he has a tendency to get burned <laughs> and that's I think it's one of the reasons he doesn't they don't put him out there as much but I like to see him get a shot and I mean I like to see him get a shot instead of Eli Apple but that's the thing that that and this one thing with Zach and Lou they're loyal to a fault sometimes and that's kind of where I think Mike Brown is too and I'm um, hopefully I'm wrong hopefully Eli Apple turns around has a great game on uh, Sunday, 
but he didn't look it didn't look good. I mean, it just it was not. I mean, the, the one play where all you had to do is knock the wide receiver out of bounds and he completely missed the tackle. I mean, you got to make that play. I mean, right, right. a rookie can make that play. You right. and me, if we were there, probably could make that play. If we were, well, there, I don't know about me. But, uh, <laughs> you, 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 I, I'm, I'm a big fat guy. I could just jump on it. He would fall over. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, when you've got, you look at, you know, the backup nickel cornerback is Jalen Davis. Uh, Darius is the backup to to Wuzier. You know, I mean, maybe like you said, I, I Darius Phillips is one of the most. Uh, I, I don't want this to come off the wrong way. One of the most frustrating players on this roster because yeah. the athleticism is off the charts. The mm-hmm. big playability is off the charts, but the consistency is just all over the place. Right. Um, so maybe, maybe he does step in. Maybe he doesn't step in as the boundary corner and replace Eli Apple. Maybe he's the guy who steps in for a week in the Ricardo Allen role where you say, Hey, just play a little zone here, play this, you know, cover this part of the field. Um, don't think too much. Rely on your your instincts and athleticism, and let that take over. I I don't know though. I just feel like that third safety role was specifically carved out for a guy like Ricardo Allen. And um, you know, if if I were a betting man, I would probably say Brandon Wilson or, or someone of that nature. Maybe Sean Davis, the guy. You know, we're still waiting to see who if they call anyone up here at the end of the week for right. from the practice squad. Sean Davis, a guy that probably would fill that role as well. We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I just don't have a good answer as to what, what the thinking here is and, until we kind of get closer to game time and see some of the decisions they make. All right. Now, Chris here says Phillips has a mild injury and is questionable to play on Sunday. I, that's news to me. <clears throat> uh, I, you know what? I hadn't had a chance to look at the today's injury report. See, that, that's, what, that's what sucks about trying to do a YouTube show right and actually having, here, having real jobs. <laughs> we, yeah. we we actually have real jo- other jobs that we have to do. So sometimes I yeah, miss this Darius, stuff. Uh, so yeah, Darius Phillips here. Um, that's that's why. Uh, so here's the deal with him. That is that is correct. Uh, he has a thigh injury, but the good news is he was limited practice Wednesday, limited practice Thursday, and then full practice Friday. Um, so when when you're when you kind of get do more work later in the week, um, I. I think that we're in good shape there. I, I would, I would hope, you know, if you're going right. full practice at the end of the week, instead of the other way, yeah, that's, you, that's should, be, you should be good to go. Now I want to get, we just keep talking about the defense. I mean, the, the defense really impressed me on Sunday and I, I got some stats here. Uh, Bengals held the Minnesota to 3.68 yards per play on first down. As of right now, that's second best in the league. Now they also held da- Dalvin cook to 61 yards, his lowest, rushing total in over a year and to me those are i've been concerned the whole time about our run defense because we got ran over last year a lot by the clowns and the rap birds and to start out with that against dalvin cook and and the minnesota vikings that bodes pretty well moving forward in in the afc north where Let's, I mean, let's be honest. The Brown, the Clowns, and the Rappers—they run the ball, and that—that's what you have to beat them. You have to stop the run first. And I think part of the issues with that last year—I mean, there were other issues in in 2019 too when they couldn't stop anybody. But part of the issue with that, um, no DJ Reader throughout much mm-hmm. of last year. Um, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, uh, the linebacker, still young, a little unproven. Now all of a sudden, you know, you've got. Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt had pretty good games this last week. DJ Reader was was uh, awesome as well. So, you know, I think those the two young linebackers and the group of young linebackers playing a bit better and 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 showing improvement is a big reason. DJ Reader being in there is a big reason. Um, you know, that's uh, I that's a lot of weapons on Minnesota's offense that they. I mean, for for the most part, kind of held in check. I mean, I know Thielen got in the end zone a, a couple of times there, but one was on a fourth down. And, I mean, it, it, it kind of was really, based on those weapons and the talent they have, it really was kind of a formula for success. And one of those touchdowns may not have happened if the Bengals had successfully converted that fourth down on their own 30-yard line, right? So, mm-hmm. um well, let's get let's get get to that a little bit here, and, and I, I I have a little different take on it. I think than, than most Bengals fans. I'm I'm fine with with him going for it. The play call, eh, it could have been a little better play, but I still think if Mixon doesn't slip, I think he might get that. 
the point being, if we get that that first down, the whole narrative changes. I think we blow the Vikings out. You're at least getting a field goal. You might get you might be up by two or three touchdowns by then. If that if they can't convert that, that game is over. Now I know they didn't do it, and we let the Minnesota back in. But I like that as far as that goes, and that that led to the CJ Ooh Zama game winning pass, and and that's a pass. You know that the the best thing I liked about it is Zach put the ball in Joe's hands. He gave him the the options. You know, you could run it, you could audible out of it to, to the play that, that they did, and Joe audibled out of it and threw basically threw CJ open. That is a thing, and I'm not gonna take credit for this. Uh, uh, I can't remember uh, Hodge. What's his name? Uh, a, a the former Steelers running back. Oh, anyway, Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge. Yeah, Merrill Hodge. Thank you. Merrill Hodge was on Sama Wilcox's show this morning on NFL Radio, and he said that play is a play that could change the course of the franchise. And I agree. And I thought that was a great statement because. What I was leading up to all last week was the Bengals need to make the winning plays. They need to make the plays to win the game. You know, wherever it is, first quarter, second quarter, third, you know, in the game, whatever it is, they need to make the plays to win the game. They did that, you know, and they came back from a mistake. You know, Zach made a mistake, made a bad play call. He admitted that. They overcame the mistake. They made the plays to win. They made a, a just a gutsy play to Uzama to get within uh, field goal range for Kick Fearson. I and I, I I agree. I think this that's a play that could change the franchise and definitely the course of this season. So there, first of all, uh, Adam Jones told us that he's going to be doing a podcast coming up with Solomon. Yes, so, uh, I, I, I've heard it. Yeah, it's yeah, on the, uh, yeah. the so, believe, he, he, believe he, network. A little, for, a little plug for Pac Man is because he told yeah. us about it. Yeah, it's, um, called, it's called Believe in the Bengals. I've already, I've yeah. already heard the first couple. It's pretty good. Yeah. So. Uh, Look, I mean, there there are so many layers to it. Let let's let's start with the fourth down call, and then we could talk about yep. how the band yeah. rebounded. I, I rambled on a lot there. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I'm just tired, man. My kids are keeping me up, so I'm making sure. I, this is my my way of making sure I've got the checklist going right. I got there. you. I got you. <laughs> uh, look, you know, the fourth down calls. I I understand. I, I really like the aggressiveness, and I like the message mm-hmm. that it sends to your to your football team. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like you're up you're up two touchdowns. You aren't you know if you were if you were closer to midfield, I right. would I would understand that call mm-hmm. a bit more. Um, I I understand it. It was a giant gamble. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a giant oh, gamble. Huge. The reality yeah. of it, and obviously we'd be having a different conversation, different discussion. I just feel like that one was a, a little too um, had a little bit too big of a, an opportunity to blow up in your own face at that point, And it did. Which it did. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, but you know, they, end, they ended up okay. And two other risky occasions that they went for it, aggressive occasions, it paid off for them. So it sounds like they're going to be going for it quite often. I didn't really like the call. And I know that's easy to say, given what happened, I didn't like the call that deep in their own territory, but I understand it. And I understand what kind of message that sends to your team and actually your, your defense saying, Hey, we, you know, even if we don't get this, we have faith that you can stop this team uh, if we give you a bad field position there. And that was kind of the case because the Bengals defense, especially up to that point had been playing pretty well. They let up seven right. point seven points in two and a half quarters. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, I, I, I understand it, but you know, we can move on from the fourth down calls. And I think there's going to be uh, fortunately and unfortunate, uh, <laughs> fortunately and unfortunately, there's going to be, <laughs> situations where we're going to feel this way game to game uh in terms of the Bengals rebounding and saving a season and or saving a franchise I don't know if I would go that drastic but I think it's a really really big deal that they were able to rebound and they were able to rebound and win a one possession game which has been an Achilles heel of Zach Taylor since he arrived here and the fact that they were able to do that I, I got to tell you, Jeff, I don't know if you felt it I, I within the stadium or yourself. I felt it both ways. I was guilty of a little bit of here we go again when they let up that when they let up that touchdown. And, it, you know, right. after the fourth down, it, it felt like and you kind of felt the air. Come I out was pacing. I, I, I was pacing back and forth in my in, in my in my eye. I was like, oh, my God, don't lose this yeah. game. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know, I was getting I was getting pretty frustrated as to what was going on there after that fourth down stop. And I, I maybe the players fed off of that a little bit and let, you know, that's what kind of let the foot off the gas a little bit. Then you saw Joe Burrow limp late in the game and you're going, oh, my God, what, what is happening here? And <laughs> yeah, so, that freaked my dad so, out. 
Yeah. So, you know, all of that and, and you start to get like, oh, man, this is this is kind of nightmarish what's going on in this game. And so all of a sudden they were able to go out there, hold strong. And in like the biggest type of moment at the very, very end, when when they needed to play, they made it. And oh, by the way, the fourth down call in overtime that Zach made was kind of that one was, hey, we're not playing a tie here. Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're there's going to be an outcome of this game, and it's not going to be a tie, right? So he, he, uh, that one, he's he's learning from the Eagles game last year. Yeah. Um. So, I, you know, I, I think it was a big turning point for this team, and I think you saw the confidence of some of these young players who haven't been around the team a bit. And I think, quite honestly, there may be a little bit of a, a reason as to why Zach has let go of some of these longtime Bengals veterans to get that kind of mindset right. out of the out of the team, out of the locker room. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need that. Here we go again stuff. We're, right. we're going to bring in confident players and and go from there. And, you know, the confidence and the aggressiveness ended up paying off for him. Yeah, exactly. And I, I didn't I never had the oh, here we go again. I just got I just got really nervous because I'm like, I, we cannot lose this freaking game. We're up by two, two touchdowns and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I did get a, 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 well, I'll say a lot nervous about that. But one thing you're saying about getting rid of the the older players in in the locker room, and this is something that uh, Evan McPherson, excuse me, Evan Kickpherson said that mm-hmm. uh, Hubbard uh, or, or excuse me, Huber was saying that this locker room is completely different and the aura is completely different than any other locker room he's been with the Bengals. He's been there for 10 years. He was on the team for the five, you know, five straight playoffs. And to me, that, that all goes back, I think to Joe Burrow. And I think, I, I think Zach too, because that one thing Zach has talked about day one is building a culture here. And, and I'm not trying to say anything bad about our former players, but some of the guys that we've had, were I won't say character flaws, but they it seemed like when the you talk about Andy and, and the lights, you know, when the pressure got on, they crumbled. And it seems like the players we have now, a lot of them played in, at big time programs. If they didn't play at big time programs, they are captains of their teams. So they're they're hopefully mentally stronger to be able to to overcome these things. Because I mean, you know, that fourth down backfire could have crushed the team. I and mean, the Bengals uh, teams in the past, they're like, ah, we're done, you know, yeah, I mean, and it didn't and, happen. And some of those guys were, were present, you know, some of those guys that were here maybe in 2019 were present for the 2015 wildcard collapse. That was just inexplicable. Right. So they've mm-hmm. seen and experienced a lot of different wacky scenarios where we go, how, how did we lose that game? Right. Right. So that's, that's kind of, I, I, this is, it's just maybe a theory of mine that maybe that played into some of these decisions. I don't really know. We're not in the locker room. I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if that came out to say, you know, we just don't need that kind of mindset right now, along with bringing in the types of players that we want for this team. But not only are they drafting players from winning programs, big, big programs and who were successful in those programs, they're bringing in free agents like Mike Hilton from the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Team that's always a winner. Right. Right. You bring in Larry Ogunjobi from the Browns. Well, the Browns aren't the pinnacle of success, but what they do last year, he was on that team last year. Right. They went yep. pretty far. Mm-hmm. They're bringing in guys that are, you know, either used to winning or are, are accustomed to winning recently right. and, or just, they're just not used to losing. And so I, I think that that plays into the, to the confidence factor. And I got to tell you, I was thinking about this with the whole confidence thing this week, Zach Taylor, for a guy that has six and a going into this year, only had six and a half wins. Right. Right. NFL head coach. That guy has remained pretty damn confident his entire time that he's been mm-hmm. here. So, um, you know, I, I think that permeates through the locker room too. Absolutely. And let's get to the, the back. I, don't, I keep going back to fourth down calls, but I mean, throughout Zach's history, He's went for it a lot, and 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 more often than not, he's got it. And you got to take it. You got to take the good with the bad, you know. When it comes to this, we we for years, me being one of them, I'll, I'll put my hand up. I got so sick and tired of watching Marvel Lewis, you know, punt it every time and play defense. And you know, I'm sorry, but ninety percent of the time it didn't work. You know, we 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 weren't aggressive and trying to go for it. So I had that for 13, 14 years, however long Marvel was here. I'll take the guy that goes for it. I want to see. See what happens. And just rolling back to uh, the University of Cincinnati Bearcats, that's what I loved about Brian Kelly when he was a coach there. He always went for it. And most of the time it worked. And if you got the confidence to do it and you got the quarterback, which the Bengals do, 
you're you're going to convert most of those. And I will take the chance of putting the 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 game in Joe Burrow's hands. And that's what the other thing I really liked about that fourth down call to to win it is he gave Joe the option. It wasn't just run it. You know, here you can run it or you can you go out, out, out to this. And he, there might have been more than two plays. I don't know, but he could he had an option to audible to that play. Zach gave the confidence to Joe, which I mean, I, don't, I think I don't think Joe is lacking in confidence, but that's just the whole team in general. We're going for it, and it's up to you guys. Make a play, and I think that's going to permeate throughout the whole lock, the whole locker room. I just I think it's a, it's a tone setting play to hopefully a very successful season. Yeah, I mean, confidence comes from a, a small handful of different areas. I mean, obviously, confidence comes from the fact that knowing that you're talented in a specific sport area, whatever. confidence comes from being prepared and confidence comes from being calm in the most chaotic of moments. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, all these guys that have had a lot of success from the college level. um, And, and, you know, Zach Taylor has always been a confident guy. I mean, that's just permeated. All those, all those factors are kind of coming together. I know it's one win. Things can change on a dime this week, which I hope they do not. But right, uh, I you know, it just seemed like it was still while while the rest of us were like, oh, here we go again. They're right. like, we got it. Right. That, yes. that, that that's that's kind of what it felt like. Yes. That and that's good. And I mean, you talk about winning. I mean, I I could be wrong in this. But I don't think Jamar Chase has lost a football game since high school. <laughs> I, th- I think I heard that somewhere. I don't remember. I, I, I could be making that up, but I, he hasn't lost a game in two years. I'll put it that way. I know that. So, yeah, yeah. so that, that, that's a, a winning uh, program there. And, again, I, let's talk about Evan Kickpherson. What a week. What a debut he's had. I mean, he's – and just for the Bengals in general, for awards. I mean, we got the special team player of the week. We got the rookie of the week. We got the FedEx ground player of the week. <laughs> I And then we go into Chicago, and they're down their offensive line. They're down this, and we're, what, down – we're underdogs by what three points now? Yeah, I think this could be this could be either a, a blowout for the Bengals or it's gonna be a close game because if they get a couple shots and get out on the Bears, I don't think the Bears have an offense to catch them. That's kind of where I'm at on it. There are a couple of so number one, when a game is usually three points or whatever, and the home team gets that three points, that usually means it's a pretty even matchup in the eyes of Vegas. You know, that's you know, the home team, if, if it's an even matchup, the home team usually gets two and a half, three, three and a half points if it's pretty even there. So I guess that's kind of how Vegas is viewing this thing. My thing with this, there are two two factors that not a lot of people are talking about with this. Number one, the Bengals played five quarters of football last yep. week. You, that That's kind of something where you go, okay, what, does fatigue play in this, into this right. at all for the Bengals? Does the emotional wear and tear of that game play into this at all? That's why they had all the walkthroughs this week, too, and not that much practice because of yeah, that, too. Yeah, yeah. And the other facet is Andy Dalton, as we know, is a rhythm quarterback. And if he mm-hmm. gets in a rhythm early, if you give him, you know, just kind of these easy balls or guys are making plays for him, guys are maybe bailing him out and, uh, you know, making some plays. If he gets in a rhythm early, he can have good games. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, So, you know, that's one thing that I think the Bengals need to be very alert for this week is to not let Andy get off to a to a hot start and let him gain that confidence. Um, They need they need to kind of shut the door pretty quickly. And then I think they can kind of maintain control of that. But the fatigue factor of playing five full quarters last week and getting on Andy early, I think, especially with that defensive line, if they're able to do that without a lot of blitzing, just by generating pressure or sacks there. I think that's a big deal. Now, one thing, one thing Andy does not handle well is pressure up the middle. And I'm not taking credit for this. Zim, Zim was saying this yesterday. And that's one thing this defense has, after one game, has been able to do very well is get pressure up the middle. So that bodes well to getting to Andy. And I know they're pretty good. I think they're better up the middle than they are on the edges right now for as far as their offense line goes. But that to me bodes well for the Bengals getting or getting out on the Bears. I, I, I think that that has to happen to get uh, for us to have a, a chance. At, at, well, not a chance, but to, to blow them out. Which I'm not saying we're going to. I think it's going to be close. I mean, my my prediction is I got 27-21 win for the Bengals is what I got. I hate doing 
scores, but people always ask me what I, what I have. So I think I had 30, 21 Bengals. Um, I, you know, it think, look back at what the Bengals game plan was on defense with Kirk cousins and Dalvin cook last, last week. I think if you replicate that, you're mm-hmm. able to do a lot. I, I don't think Andy Dalton at this point in his career is as good as, as Kirk cousins and Montgomery is a good back like Dalvin Cook. So if you're able to kind of get them in third and long situations, get after the quarterback, at least corral and and contain David Montgomery so that he does not make the big plays and, and you're able to do that early, I think that's that's going to be key for, for this team here uh, and getting the win. The one facet that killed the Vikings that comes with a home field advantage was the false starts and the noise and mm-hmm. all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. The Bengals defense won't probably have that kind of situation this week, so they're going to need to figure out, you know, uh, ways to, you know, get put right. them in, in further holes in in second down, third down, like they did last week. Well, one th- one thing they they can do they they hopefully they have a chance of turning the the crowd against against the Bears because and I, I this is from uh, Locked On Bengals they had uh, the Bears uh, broadcast there that. Chicago is clamoring for Justin Fields. They want him to be the QB. And this guy is saying the first sign of Andy struggling or the offense struggling or anything struggling, they're going to start booing. <laughs> you know, so again, if the Bengals can get out on them, if we turn that crowd against them, <laughs> that's going to help too. Now it brings Justin Fields out probably quicker, which I would not be surprised if I won't say a quarterback change, but Justin Fields is going to get some time out there. And to me, that makes it a little more difficult to prepare because Andy Dalton and Justin Fields are two different quarterbacks, you know. So it's it, that's that's the more difficult thing, I think, as the preparation goes coming into Sunday. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how uh, you know what how you properly divvy that up if you're Lou Anarumo, and we've seen when you know the Bengals have been on a team uh, pretty handily in the in the scoreboard and then all of a sudden there's a quarterback change. remember a couple years ago i think it was Jameis winston and then fitzpatrick came in for tampa bay i think that was in 20 2018 that was something that you know uh, i i think uh you know at one point tyrod taylor with the was with the browns and either mandel or someone else came in to, to whatever kind of result so right. i mean it's hard to, it's hard to you know coach that I, I think regardless of if they genuinely pull Andy or whatever this week. Which I don't see that happening. I think you're going to still see a good amount of snaps from, from fields. So, um, you know, it's, they're just going to need to prepare for both guys. Yeah, exactly. All right, Anthony. Well, it's about six 30. You give me an hour. You look tired. I know you've had a long week and I, and again, I had a blast. I wish I could, I wish I wasn't so tired at the end of the game. I would have went and hung out with you more, but I was wore out. But next time you come in, Hopefully it'll be a little cooler and uh, we can hang out some more. But uh, tell everybody about your podcast, Cincy Jungle, and all that. Yeah, all the news, updates, analysis, opinions, all kinds of different articles. And our podcast is on CincyJungle.com. The Cincy Jungle podcast channel has uh, a couple of different shows in it, one of which is mine, the Orange, Orange and Black Insider that I do with John Sheeran, who is also a contributor over at Cincy Jungle. Which, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I forgot this part. I didn't say this part. You you and John met each other for the first time in person. First yeah. time in person. Yeah. 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 I, I, which I, I, that cracks me up because you guys have been doing this for what, five years or more now? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like really, really cool being able to meet him. Um, so yeah. And then, our, you know, our show's there and then Orange is the New Black with Zim and Ace. That's on the, the podcast channel as is Chalk Talk with Matt Minnick. So uh, we kind of divvy it up. Our our podcast does anywhere from three to five different episodes a week, depending. We're more in season. We're trying to do something at least close to close to every day. But you know, the channel itself is giving you something every day. The podcast channel, and then of course, all kinds of different articles every day on CincyJungle.com. Absolutely. So if you guys have not checked them out, which if you're watching me, I'm sure you they watch you. Definitely go check them out. I've had. All of you guys on my show, and I, I enjoy having each and every one of you on here. You guys are, are great guys, and you do a great job, and I appreciate you coming on the show again, Anthony. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, let's do it. It's flattering that you keep asking, so uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we're doing a, a good good job for you on the show. We like what you what you do here. I know it's a daily show, and that's a grind, but you do an awesome job, and uh, appreciate you being kind to us, and uh, it was great meeting you in person this, this last weekend, man. Absolutely, Anthony. You take it easy. Who day? All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, let me get to 
Matt here. Yes, T. Higgins was wearing a jackpot Joey hat. Yes, I played that clip at the beginning of the show here. Also, Matt, it got mentioned on Good Morning Football today, too. So, Matt, if you're watching, just check this clip out. I, I, it's it's awful, but you can hear what the guy says. Just listen. Okay, understandable there. Of course, he wore number five in college. He also noticed he had a number nine hat on for Joey Burrow, who he calls Jackpot Joey K. And we are big fans of nicknames on this program. Jackpot Joey, I like that. And if you're a fantasy owner, you may really like that K. So that's just really, really cool. That uh, Jackpot Joey K. It got mentioned on Good Morning Football. I think we're going to try and send them some stuff. So maybe Good Morning Football. If you guys are watching, maybe you guys will, will wear some Jackpot Joey stuff on the show. That would be great. And just to remember, remind everybody, a portion of it goes to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Foundation. So support for Joe Burrow. And that, and we have Joe Burrow. And he, not we. It's not me. Maddie, And he has Joe Burrow's support to do this. So it's a good thing. I'm happy for it. Let's get the heck out of here. Let me get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. You got Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Cincinnati Reds, Rining Third, Heading for Home, Bearcat Ruckus, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, and then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. The Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trinipole. You can follow me on TikTok. At Iceman90. I'll be pulling the sound off here later on. And if you guys missed any of it, obviously you can watch it on the YouTube channel. But if you don't want to sit and watch it, you can listen to it on podcast in podcast form. You know, if you're working out in the car at work tomorrow, if you work on Saturdays like I do, you can listen to it. It's on Beanpod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Bull. I'm trying to rattle this. If you get podcasts, it's on there. Make sure you rate, like, review, give me a five star review. Share it. Tell everybody about the podcast. Try to get some more people following it. Download it and leave a comment so that way more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. YouTubers, like I said, I'm at 1,368 subscribers. That is awesome. Again, I appreciate every single one of you guys. I'm rolling to 2,000 here. This is this is awesome. Let's keep it going. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors about Sports of Strawberry Ice. I would greatly appreciate it. And... One of my favorite clips I have to put up here is Brian Pillman. And he wants to let you know where we come from. From the streets of Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle! And as my boy, Jeremy Dimebag, these nuts always says, remember one thing, and one thing only, and that is, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? We got high, high school football tonight, college football tonight. The Bearcats are playing Indiana tomorrow. I hope they go and blow them out. I really do hope they go and blow them out. I, I really, I think they have a shot at doing it. I, call me crazy, but I think they got a shot at doing it. If UC goes there and blows Indiana out, that's a huge, huge statement. I want that statement. Go Bearcats. Go Bengals. You guys have a great weekend, and I'll see you Monday. And as always, and that's just sports, baby. See ya!
black and white, we build it Earn our stripes, you know we kill it Bleed our colors, jungle dripping Nasty, natty, yeah, we live it Lit the crowd, get the city loud Yeah, we feasting now Fit the bounce, make the city howl Now we beastin' now Thunder through the tunnel From the sideline to the huddle Stripes, we tatted on the jungle When we flex that who they muscle on Stripes, Cincinnati, we gon' rise in the house. In the jungle, we unite in the house. Yeah, we got him. Yeah, we got him.